Welcome to our Rolling Hills Community Church Sermon Podcast. I'm Eric Roges and I'm the executive pastor here at Rolling Hills. We all have stories of thanksgiving in our lives. We have stories of God being faithful to our desires, answering our long-awaited prayers, or bringing hope when we had lost all hope. When we retell these stories of God's goodness in our lives, we cultivate a deeper sense of gratitude towards our Father for His continued faithfulness in fulfilling His promises to us. And that's what we're doing today. Today's message is all about God's goodness, kindness, and patience with us. Today is all about telling stories of thanksgiving. We're so glad you're listening. Well, good morning to you guys. I stand before you today very, very thankful, very, very grateful for all that God has done in my life in the midst of a really challenging and difficult year. In fact, past couple of years, it's easy to think that there's not a lot of good things happening, and therefore we don't have much to be grateful for. But when you stop for a second to reflect, I hope that you are actually overwhelmed with gratitude because there are so many things that we could attest to in God's faithfulness that we just sing about. For some of you, this past year has been awesome, and it's been one of the best years ever, and for some of you, it hasn't been. For some of you, this year has provided many new opportunities. Maybe you have a new home this year or a new job this year or a promotion, a new relationship. Some of you found a new church home this year, and we're so thankful for that. But some of you, it's been the exact opposite. It's been a year that's not been so um, maybe positive. Maybe you've lost someone this year, or instead of not getting a promotion, you were let go from a job, or you didn't get the job that you wanted, or maybe you're not where you thought you would be, and you have more questions than you still have answers. But regardless of where you are on that continuum, I hope that you're able to see so much to be thankful for today, so many things to be grateful for right now in this moment. That, in fact, is our goal. What is the big idea for today? Our goal is that each and every one of us would walk away today more grateful than when we came into this place because of being able to fully grasp how good God is and what it is that he desires to do in our life this morning. So I thought one of the best places for us to start would be to read a couple verses in Psalm chapter 100. Psalm chapter 100 beautifully uh, kind of sets the stage for the kind of life that we should seek to be living. And so I want you to see what the psalmist says in Psalm 100. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Now, what is the psalmist saying? He's saying that every time we enter into the presence of God, we come with thanksgiving. Why? Because his love endures forever. He is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness through all generations. That means that the faithfulness of God doesn't stop with you that it goes to the generation beyond us and the generations beyond us, which we're going to celebrate today. So my question for you this morning is, what are you thankful for? When I ask you that question, if I were to have you write down, you know, one through 10, what are the things that are on your mind right now that you're grateful for? See, there's so many things that come to my mind. First of which is Jesus. I am so thankful for Jesus and what he did for me when I didn't deserve it. And he offered me that grace and that mercy. I'm so, so, so grateful for that. I'm thankful for my family, for my wife, Jacqueline, for my daughter, Evie June, for my son, JD, for my mother-in-law, for my parents, for my extended family. I'm thankful for the community and friendship that I have. I'm thankful for you. I'm so thankful for you guys. Really, it's, it's so much more fun to have people to talk to. So thank you for being here. Um, <laughs> But beyond that, I'm thankful for the way that you serve and that you're the church. You guys are so generous. You're so faithful. We rarely come to you with some kind of need that you don't over and abundantly 
meet those needs. I'm thankful for you guys being the church, for living on mission, for inviting people, for connecting with us and serving all of those things. I just know how grateful I am for you. Now, on a much lesser scale, not near as significant as the first three, I'm really thankful for coffee. Really, <laughs> truly. I mean, it's truly in my heart of hearts, an expression of gratitude. And so I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that we still have hordes of Halloween candy around our house and that my kids haven't eaten it all yet. And they actually still have Reese's cups that are sitting around at various places. I'm thankful for that. That's dangerous because that is like my love language is a Reese's cup. And so I'm just thankful that they have still laid them around from us. I'm thankful that Netflix doesn't give me a chance to evaluate whether or not I want to watch another episode. It just goes right into the next one. So you don't feel bad, do you? Because you're like, I can't stop. I mean, I'm binge watching this and they don't even give me a choice. I mean, it just rolls right into the next episode. I'm thankful that they've made that decision for us. I'm thankful for this community, Nolansville and all of Middle Tennessee, traffic and all. I'm thankful for it. You know, trying to get anywhere in town, it's always kind of laughable because you can't go anywhere fast anymore. But I'm thankful for it because this is a great place to be. It's a great place to live. It's a great place to, um, to, to be a part of the, the community. And obviously, we're not a perfect place, but I'm really thankful for it. And the list keeps going and going and going because God is so good and we have so much to celebrate. So know that I'm thankful for you. And I hope that God will meet you today through his word and begin to express even more things that he wants to show us as we seek to live for him. So why don't we pray together before we dig into 1 Thessalonians. Lord, thank you for this time. We truly have so much to be grateful for this morning. I pray, God, that our lives would be a reflection of you and that you would meet us, that you would change us, that you would challenge us, grow us to be more and more like you this very morning. And it's in the powerful name of Jesus Christ that we pray and ask all these things. Amen. Amen. And we come to the end of our series today called Celebrating God's Goodness. And if you're with us for the very first time, or maybe you've been here this entire series, uh, we've been taking the past few weeks and been looking at the early church in a town called Thessalonica. And the letter, 1 Thessalonians, that Paul, Silas, and Timothy wrote was directed to this church in Thessalonica. And what we've been doing is celebrating the, what's happened in the first century church, but we've also brought it into the 21st century, and we're celebrating what's happening in our church, the life change that's happening as the kingdom of God is moving and as he is at work here. In fact, in the midst of this series was the three-year culmination of a really special time in the life of our church. This initiative that we launched into three years ago called For the Kingdom, where we took a step of faith to say, God, what is it that you want to do? We come very open-handedly and ask you to move in ways that only you can move. And we're going to celebrate officially what that has meant for our church this morning. But in the midst of all of that, we've been using this letter in 1 Thessalonians is just a guide. God, show us what you want to teach us about who you are and about what you want us to celebrate as we seek to live the life that you've called us to live. And this morning, we're going to kind of conclude this part of the letter in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, starting in verse 12, and I'm going to read down through verse 28. So if you have a mobile device and you know, follow along, the words are going to be up here on the screen as well. But kind of listen to these words and begin to just say, God, what is it that you want to teach me about gratitude and thanksgiving through this kind of finality of this letter? Starting in verse 12. Now we ask you, brothers and sisters, to acknowledge those who work hard among you, who care for you in the Lord and who admonish you. Hold them in the highest regard and love because of their work. Live in peace with each other. And we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive, encourage the disheartened, help the weak, be patient with everyone. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not quench the spirit, do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all, hold on to what is good, reject every kind of evil." 
May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. Brothers and sisters, pray for us. Greet all of God's people with a holy kiss. I charge you before the Lord to have this letter read to all the brothers and sisters. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. And so this morning, what I'd like to do is, in these 16 verses, kind of pull out a couple big ideas. In fact, on your worship guide there, there's four statements. There's four kind of phrases that we're going to have you some opportunities to fill in those blanks if you want to follow along with that. And maybe that'll be helpful for you this week. Some of you are going to be around tables this weekend or week, and there might be some awkward conversation. You're looking for something to rescue you in conversation. Just pull out your worship guide and take it as your thoughts, okay? And just be like, well, something God's been teaching me is um, this. But all joking aside, I hope that these kind of truths will really guide you and impact you uh, as we seek to live for him in this world. Now, this is obviously the conclusion of this letter, and it's the, the final instructions so to speak. And what Paul is doing is he finishes by speaking directly to the church. And to the church, he says, there's a couple groups of people in Thessalonica. There's a couple groups of people in your midst that I want you to be sensitive to. He said, there's group A. And group A is there in verse 12. And this is the group who they're working hard. They're showing care to other people. Their love is increasing. And they're, they're building other people up. And Paul says, I want you to be there for them. In fact, I want you to continue to hold them in really high regard. I like to call this group the MVPs. I mean, these are the MVPs of Thessalonica. These are the people that are just really doing it right. They're diligent. They're growing in love. And they are to be celebrated. And then there's group B, and group B is in verse 14, and he says, this is what group B is like. They're the group that I want you to set your sights on as well because they're idle, they're disruptive, they're disheartened, and they're discouraged. Well, I want to be with the MVPs, right? I want to spend my time with group A, and Paul is saying, no, don't just build up and affirm group A, but also build up and encourage group B, well, I'd rather be with all the nice people. I'd rather be with all the people who tell me what I want to hear all the time. I'd rather be with all the people who love me already and who I can do nothing wrong in their sight. And Paul's saying, no, you don't get the privilege of picking and choosing who is worthy of your attention. You don't get the, pick, the, the, the privilege of picking and choosing who's worthy of God's direction. You don't get to pick and choose who is worthy of the investment. Rather, my focus should be on people Period. And when you don't just gravitate to people who are always going to tell you how awesome you are, you begin to see something that God is wanting to teach us here. And you see it here on your notes that if you're available and willing, God will provide opportunities for you to both affirm and build up those around you. God will provide you, if you're available and willing, opportunities to both affirm and build up those around you. I mean, look at verse 12. This is group A. We ask you, brothers and sisters, to acknowledge those who work hard among you, who care for you in the Lord, and who admonish you. Scroll down two verses. And we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive. Encourage the disheartened. Help the weak. Be patient with everyone. Sometimes we like to think that we're all group A, don't we? Mm -mm. Sometimes I'm group B. A lot of times you're group A. Sometimes you're group B. Sometimes there's some things that we just kind of get idle on and we need or we're discouraged or we're disheartened and we need somebody to come and help us. If you're willing and available, God provides you opportunities to be both of these things to different groups of people. If you're available and willing, God also provides you opportunities 
to be invested in by other people so that they can be those things to you. Sometimes we fail to see it for what it really is. I should be grateful and thankful for the opportunities in my life to both spur on somebody to further good works, but I should be equally grateful for the opportunities to help light a fire under somebody that's idle or that's discouraged or that is disheartened. It's one of the blessings of relationships is that I get to be there for people wherever they are. In fact, have you noticed if you're here with us for the very first time, I'm gonna kind of give you a primer as to what's happened the very the last few weeks, story after story, verse after verse in First Thessalonians, what do I keep coming back to? Paul keeps saying the value of people. He keeps saying people matter. He keeps saying relationships matter. In fact, in his words in chapter two, he said people are the crowning glory in his life, that you were what he was most excited about, what's happening in the lives of people. And so relationships matter. It's one of the running themes of this letter. And if I'm passionately pursuing and desiring and prioritizing relationships with other people, then I gladly get to both affirm, but also build up in whatever opportunity I'm given. Now, some of you felt like I just gave you permission to go just build up everybody and just kind of point out all the flaws in everybody else. Don't hear me on that that was the takeaway from this. You said, the pastor just said, I could go a lot of fire under some people, so here we go. (laughs) That's not at all what he's saying, because it has to go in the context of what was Paul saying? He was saying, invest in people. Invest in those relationships. Some of us want to speak a word of truth into somebody's life, but we haven't earned a right to say that just quite yet. But yet, when you grow in relationship with someone, it's precisely what happens in that community and what happens with those connections. In fact, the absolute healthiest relationships are ones where you know that relationship is going to encourage you, but you also know that that person is going to whip you into shape if they need to. That's the healthiest relationship. And if you don't have those people in your life right now, pray for that. Pray for that. Say, God, help me to cultivate some relationships in my life where people will not only build me up, but will whip me into shape. If I needed a couple of weeks ago, I was able to sit down for a couple hours with a friend of mine. We've known each other for 20 years. And it's a great friend, and, and he is this for me. You have those friends that you look forward to so much being with them because you're going to walk away so encouraged, but you also are going to walk away with them kind of getting up in your mix. You know what I mean? And you get to encourage them, but you also kind of get to get up in their mix. And it's the healthiest relationship because it's done in love. And you realize, I love you so much that I don't want to see you disheartened or discouraged. But I wanted you to understand what God wants to do. If you don't have that, start cultivating that right now. And you're going to be amazed at how life-giving it really is. Let's keep going down to verse 16. Paul continues, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now, in case you needed any clearer, Paul just goes out and removes all the guesswork. He says, secondary, I want you to really get, church, what it means to live a life that matters. In fact, gratitude, you see it here on your notes, gratitude coupled with joy and prayer is a winning combination. If you're looking for the winning combination right now, it's this. It's gratitude coupled with joy and prayer. This is where life gets really, really fun. Because gratitude alone is awesome, isn't it? Joy alone is awesome. Prayer alone is awesome. But you put all three of these together, and there is not a clearer picture for what God's will is for your life. In fact, it says it right there. This is God's will for you. Gratitude, joy, and prayer to be kicking at all cylinders full speed ahead. And according to the Bible, when I do that, I will clearly begin to understand God's will for my life. And some of us are okay with one or the three, but maybe we need to continue to 
up in our lives that I want to grow in joy, I want to grow in gratitude, I want to grow in prayer. According to the Bible, it's not an illusion of grandeur to think that you can have joy always. Sometimes we think, how can I ever have joy in all the things that are happening around me? In your own power, you can't. That's why you've not been able to have joy. It's because you've been trying to muster it up in your own life. I've done that before. When I'm like, I'm just not as joyful as I want to be. Well, I've been trying way too hard in my power to be joyful. But the scripture says I rejoice always. See, it's not just a good thought to pray about things that seem big. Some of us think, well, I'm only going to pray about the things in my life that are really big and earth-shattering. When in reality, the scripture says I pray continually, meaning I pray for wisdom about my attitude when I'm stuck in said traffic on Nolensville Road. I pray about discernment in every conversation I have. If you're a parent or a grandparent, I pray about how I'm to lead in the life of my family. I'm praying about how I spend my money, and I'm praying about should I do that or should I do this or is there something that is wiser that I could do with my resources, and the list goes on and on. When it comes to gratitude, it might be impossible to think I could give thanks to God in every circumstance coming my way. So you mean, Pastor Jason, that I'm to thank God even though I got a diagnosis that was hard to hear? You can thank God for his provision, even in the midst of something that was hard to hear. I can still thank God even though I'm not at where I wanted to be in my life right now. Yes, you can. I can still thank God even though I'm grieving and I'm in pain. Yes, you can. Well, how can I do that? Well, you can't in your power. You can't in your own might. But you see it here on your notes that only because of Jesus, you can have a heart of thanksgiving no matter what circumstances come your way. No matter what circumstances come your way, it's only because of Jesus that you can have that heart of thanksgiving. If you've ever tried to be really, really thankful in a difficult circumstance in your own power, you probably weren't that effective in that, and you probably failed. In fact, the challenges of the first century were really were real. I mean, this letter was written to a first century church. This isn't just some fictional story. I mean, there was actually a church in Thessalonica that Paul was writing this letter to, and if you go back to the first century, they were dealing with a lot of things. They were dealing with persecution. They were dealing with people kind of working their way into the church and trying to sway them in all these different directions. It was happening in real time. And what Paul was trying to get them to realize is that you only remain strong when you realize that Jesus is the one holding it together. He's telling just the church, like the only way that you're really going to remain strong and that you're not going to start looking like the world is you've got to remain faithfully committed to the fact that Jesus is holding it together. And friends, that same truth is as relevant to us in 2021 as it was back in 60 AD, that Jesus is the one holding it together. And without Jesus and without an understanding of his grace and what he has done for us and the hope that comes from him, I literally don't know how people manage in life without Jesus. I don't. And you probably say, well, that's easy for you to say. You're the pastor and you're just more spiritual than everybody else. Mm -mm. I do not know how people manage without Jesus. And some of us have tried, haven't we? We've had seasons of our life. We've had decisions we needed to make or a business decision or a relationship decision or a work decision, a parenting decision. You fill in the blank. Whatever the case might be, we've tried to make that apart from Jesus. And I just don't know how people do it. I was talking with a lady in our church a couple weeks ago that lost her dad this year. And I was so sad. You know, it's sad for any of us to lose somebody that is important to us. And uh, it's the first holiday, um, and some of you, that's your story this year. And the holidays are not something that you're as excited about because of loss in your life. And, and, and I know that that's painful. Um, and she said something to me, though, that really um, was so encouraging, and I kind of wrote it down because it was so meaningful. She said, I don't know how people do this without Jesus. 
And I thought, amen. I really don't either. I don't know how you navigate through grief without Jesus. I was talking to a lady just, uh, just this past week uh, in our church, and she lost her grandmother this year. And she said, I miss my grandma so much. And then she said, but you know, there is so much hope because she knew Jesus. And she was telling me about what was happening in her family because there's other family members that do not have a relationship with Christ. And she said, Jason, they are just looking at this so much differently than I am. And I'm not I'm grieving, but I'm not grieving as a person with no hope that Paul says, because I know I will see her again. And I know that she's whole and I know that she's not hurting anymore. I was talking with someone in our church not too long ago who's struggling with cancer, and they said, I'm going to be fine because Jesus is with me. And I thought, yeah, you are. I don't know what the future looks like for you, but you're going to be fine because God's holding it together, and Jesus is with you. I don't know how anybody's been able to navigate the world that we lived in for the past 24 months without Jesus. I don't know why you would want to try. I don't even know why you would want to try to navigate through this world that we're in right now without trying to follow Jesus and allowing him to be what you pursue. But when you don't keep those things at the forefront, when you don't keep rejoicing always and praying continually and giving thanks in all circumstances, when you don't keep those at the forefront of your mind, what tends to happen? They just get smaller and smaller. And what gets larger and larger? The grumbling, the complaining, the frustration, the discouragement. The more that I decrease in joy, prayer, and thanksgiving, what's going to tend to increase in my life? It's grumbling. It's complaining. It's all these other things. I love this quotation from Dr. Billy Graham. It's just so simple and so to the point. You see it on the screen. He says, grumbling and gratitude are for the child of God in conflict. Be grateful and you won't grumble. Grumble and you won't be grateful. Leave it to Dr. Graham to just give it to you straight. I love it. He says, grumbling and gratitude, they're kind of incompatible. If you're a child of God, grumbling and gratitude, they're just incompatible. Because if you're grateful, you won't grumble. But if you grumble a lot, you won't be grateful. So you pick. You know, how do you want to, to live? And what he's saying is a beautiful testament of what Paul is saying. Rejoice always, praying continually, thanking God in all circumstances. When I do that, it doesn't mean that all my problems go away. It just means that I see him and I trust him and I grow closer and closer to him in the midst of it. I want you to hear this morning another story of Thanksgiving. In fact, I'm gonna invite Christy Young to the stage. I want you to give Christy a big round of applause as she makes her way up here to the stage. <clears throat> Christy is um, just an awesome person, and I, I'm just so thankful for you, Christy, and thankful for the ways that you serve and the ways that you've made a difference here. And so we're obviously in Thanksgiving week, and there's a lot to be grateful for. So I would just love for you to, you know, not only tell us a little bit about yourself, but just kind of go ahead and kind of answer that question. You know, when you think about the last year, um, what are you really thankful for? What is your story of Thanksgiving this year? Um, so I'm Christy Young. Um, I'm originally from Kentucky. I've lived in Nashville now for about 20 years, and I was thinking, I guess I've been going to Rolling Hills for about eight when we started at, or when we were at Edmondson Elementary, um, so a couple of hops along the way. Um, big lover of dogs, and I do real estate, and um, gotten into floral arrangements uh, lately, so that's been fun, and that's something I'm grateful for, like um, we had kind of discussed, like just a reinvigoration of passion and creativity in a time of pandemic. Um, so that's been fun. Um, I'm thankful that I'm here physically, that, you know, um, made it through it. My family has been relatively unaffected, so I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that I, you know, I feel like our church family has remained 
unaffected relatively um, with that, and I greet. So I see new faces every week, and that's fun to see that too. Um, mm -hmm. Self-employed and single, so I'm grateful that during the pandemic, I still had a job and income and was able to take care of myself. So lots of things. That's awesome. Well, we're so thankful for you, Christy. A lot of folks wouldn't even know this part of the story, but, you know, God's faithfulness in Christy's life, we've experienced the the, the benefit of that here at Rolling Hills. And um, several years ago, um, I remember giving Christy a call that was kind of unorthodox, and we asked you to help us out with some things here in Nolansville about calling some churches and, you know, and making some connections with some local pastors. And Christy was actually one of the first people that kind of started some conversations with what eventually became the merger here with Revive Church and Rolling Hills. And so she's never going to come in and wear that on a name tag because she's really, really humble. And that's also a weird name tag to wear. Uh, but um, I'm thankful for you, Christy, and your faithfulness to just, you know, say yes when we ask you to help us out with that project. And, uh, and, and again, it's just, that's cool, isn't it? To see what God has done. And you were, you were just a, such an integral part of that story starting. And so I'm just thankful for that. What is the practical? Um, you know, you, you've, you've kind of talked about, you know, the things that you're grateful for, but what just practically do you do? I mean, to kind of keep a heart of gratitude, to kind of keep a spirit of thanksgiving, what do you kind of do? What do you, what, what runs through your mind throughout the course of the day uh, as you seek to kind of maintain that? Well, I thought it was kind of ironic that Jason asked me to come up here and talk about thankfulness to begin with, if I'm honest, um, because I am like a high thinker, very critical. I can see the gaps, the flaws, the holes in anything. Every Sunday when I come up, I'm already rearranging the parking lot. And, you know, that's just the way my brain goes. There's something that can always be fixed and be made better. And that's good, and that's been great for my profession and things like that. But for the, my spiritual walk, it's not the, the best of, um, I guess, ways to look at things. And so I literally have to kind of, like, flip a switch and just go from maybe thinking about something critically or it's not good enough or it's not perfect enough to just switching that to... Yes, we have. We're changing this parking lot because we're growing and we're building. Yes, you know, um, you talked about traffic on Nolansville Road. Well, but yeah, but that slows me down and I can see the colors of the, you know, the leaves on the trees. Mm -hmm. And I have a car that can go down Nolansville Road and I have gas to be able to put into my car. And, you know, I have money that I can pay for my gas because I have a job that's doing well. You know, so it's just become a literal, like, flip of the switch and having to go and just, it's almost like a snowball. Like, what else can I be thankful for? What else can I look for and be thankful for? And I've honestly had to do that because it's not something that kind of comes natural mm -hmm. natural to me to want to do that. So, well, And I appreciate your use of the word snowball because that's what tends to happen, I think. Yeah. I think when you start just expressing gratitude for those small things, you start seeing even bigger things. But I also like, too, that you're saying it's not just the big things. It's seeing God and being grateful in all of those moments. Um, and that's, that's really, really huge. Just last question, you know, because obviously life has highs and lows. And when you're in kind of those low seasons, maybe it's a season of discouragement or it's a challenging season or a difficult circumstance season. How have you been able to maintain uh, gratitude uh, and thanksgiving? Maybe when things were just not like you wanted them to be or not like, you know, just didn't work out the way you thought it would. I mean, how have you been able to maintain gratitude in those moments? For me, it's, it's just remembering, remembering what God has done in my life, what I see God doing in the lives of friends and family, and just reminding myself, like when I'm in a position of things aren't going great, like, okay, but have you ever been stuck there? Mm. Have you ever been alone there? Has God not ever pulled you through 
Has God not ever pulled you through and then actually gave you something better than you thought was going to happen? Mm-hmm. Um, a couple years ago, I lost my job, moved out of the state and everything, lost my job pretty quickly within that. And it was just kind of cool to look back on that because I had a timeline for things that I wanted to happen. And by losing my job, he sped up that timeline. Wow. And so I, that would have never happened in my own power. But because of that hardship that I went through, mm-hmm. I actually had a, you know, things come to me even faster. And so that was wonderful. And because I've sat through the three sermons, I think that's part of God's plan, too, for me to hear this message three times. Um, <laughs> that, you know, he... So you're telling these people they should come to all three services. Yeah, so yeah, like, it okay, won't hurt great, you. Great. It will not hurt you, but... Duly noted, Christy Young says, come yeah, all three services. It will not week. hurt, but I, I just, like, I just think in some of the verses about being thankful. It's like they always start with either enter that with Thanksgiving, like come with the mindset of Thanksgiving, or if maybe if you're not there, cover it with Thanksgiving. Yeah. And so I think that's something I'm going to take away t- for the great. future. What If I'm going into a hard situation, just enter it with Thanksgiving. Or if I'm in it and I'm just pull myself out of it, just cover it with Thanksgiving. So. That's great. Christy, thank you. Give Christy a big round of applause again. Thank you. I hope you guys were taking feverish notes as she was talking. I mean, there is so much wisdom there and so much, uh, so much incredible truth. Christy, thank you for your leadership and thank you for uh, the ways that you've invested in the life of Rolling Hills and the difference that you've made. And I know many people in the room have been on the receiving end of your kindness and your generosity. And so we are really, really thankful for you. Um, as Christy was talking, I can't help but think about kind of connecting up to what Paul says in verse 23. Let's keep going. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to verse 24. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. I mean, go back again to the first century. Paul could literally not be with them in every situation. He couldn't be there with every potential pitfall that they might go through. He couldn't make them pray continually. He couldn't make them rejoice in everything. He couldn't show them and walk with them and hold their hand in every uh, circumstance that was happening. But what he could do was kind of paint a big picture for them. And what he's saying is when you pursue this kind of living, when you pursue those relationships, when you pursue rejoicing always and praying continually and giving thanks, and when you kind of build your life up on this truth that the one who calls you is faithful and he will do it, when you live that way, what Paul is trying to get us to understand is that he says something happens in us. And what happens in you is that peace starts to surface. The God of peace makes everything right. And the God of peace reminds you that he's faithful and he will do it. You see this here on your notes, but when I see how faithful God is, peace is always the result. When I see how faithful God is, peace is always the result. Christy spoke about that. It's why remembering is important. It's why remembering how God has been faithful in the past, it brings peace in the future, doesn't it? When I've seen God carry me through that, then I begin to trust he's going to carry me through this. When I see how faithful God is, peace is always the result. You can have peace today because of how faithful God is. If you're here and you're a follower of Jesus Christ, I'm assuming that you would gladly take the stage and say, even when it's been difficult, I've never walked alone because of the peace that I have from him. Perhaps there's nothing for us to be more thankful for today than a peace that calms my soul and a peace that calms my spirit and a truth that he's never left me and this promise that God is faithful and he will do it. He makes good on all of his promises. 
Now, these past couple of years have brought some challenges to all of us. But the reality is, this next one's going to as well. We're going to have a Stories of Thanksgiving service in 2022. We're not going to gather back together and be like, 2022, no problems. Everything just up and to the right. Never an issue. No loss, no grief, no challenges, nothing. No, that's just simply not going to be the case. It's why we've got to understand he's faithful now because it carries us through those more challenging moments. Some of you have kids that have tested your patience this year. Guess what? They're going to next year as well. Some of you have tested your coworkers' patience. Some of you have somebody on your team that you really do wish that the Lord would just move them on. He's probably not going to do that. He's probably going to add to the team some people to keep pushing your buttons. Why? Because there's something that you want, he wants to grow you in. Your job has probably had some moments this past year that you would like to just ignore and fast forward and hope, I never hope that I ever have to go through any of those things again. You will. If it's not the set of challenges this year, it's going to be another set of challenges this next year. It's why when I see, though, how faithful God is, peace always follows as a result. So what allows me to celebrate God's goodness in and through all of it? It's those relationships that encourage me and challenge me. It's those commitments to joy and prayer and thanksgiving at all times. It's that deep dependence that Jesus Christ alone is who does this. And it's that peace that I experience because of his faithfulness. So I want to ask you today if you have those four things. And if you do, you keep running after them. But if you don't have those, if you just honestly do not have those in your life, why not let today be the day when you say, God, bring those to me. I want that peace. I want that joy. I want to continually be focused on you, and I hope and pray that you'll walk away today with more gratitude than you brought into this place because of Jesus and Jesus Christ alone. Thanks for listening to our Rolling Hills Sermon Podcast, part of the Rolling Hills Podcast Network, where you can find great podcasts like Making History Parenting Podcast, Men's Leadership Network, RH Women's As You Go Podcast, and more. If you want to learn more about what's going on in the life of Rolling Hills, Download our Rolling Hills app or visit our website at rollinghills.church. From there, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook to stay up to date on what's happening and ways you can connect. We're thankful for you.